2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12 through chapter 2, verse 4. For our boast is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and supremely so toward you. For we are not writing to you any other than what you read and understand, and I hope you will fully understand, just as you did partially understand us, that on the day of our Lord Jesus, you will boast of us, and we will boast of you. Because I was sure of this, because I was sure of this, I wanted to come to you first so that you might have a second experience of grace. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and have you send me on my way to Judea. Was I vacillating when I wanted to do this? Do I make my plans according to the flesh, ready to say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Sylvanus and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ. And he has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. But I call God to witness against me. It was to spare you that I refrained from coming again to Corinth. Not that we lorded over your faith, but we work with you for your joy. For you stand firm in your faith. For I made up my mind not to make another painful visit to you. For if I cause you pain, who is there to make me glad but the one whom I have pained? And I wrote as I did so that when I came, I might not suffer pain from those who should have made me rejoice. For I felt sure of all of you that my joy would be the joy of you all. For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of the heart and with many tears not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Jerry. So we're mm. pressing a little further into Second Corinthians, and we we've crested into the the second chapter here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we talked yesterday about the the context of this book is very important. Really, of all the epistles, you know, this is the funny thing about the epistles in the New Testament is you'll have one section that's like a very broad, applicable, theological thing about the gospel, about Jesus, about the church, whatever. And then you'll have a section that's like Paul's travel plans. <laughs> and it's so easy to be like, oh my gosh, get me back to the good stuff. Um, but joke's on you. This is the good stuff, ooh, Jeremy. Ooh, um, dang. So Thank don't you. nod off. Thank you. We're talking about Macedonia. We're talking about Timothy and yes and amen and um you know corinth and tears Hmm. and so as we were talking about yesterday the context 
that this is basically a letter of reconciliation coming off uh, a pretty tough schism uh, where Paul and Corinth were were at odds over sin. And, you know, Paul is speaking directly to that season. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is not like the whole point of the passage, but I do think like a good, very surface level observation to take and apply is confrontation and clarity Mm. in love. And so we see Paul here, he's, you know, sitting down and basically just unpacking, like, let's talk about what just happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we do have some deep theology and some, you know, powerful, all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. And Mm so Mm -hmm. um, through him, we utter our amen to God for his glory, um, which is such an amazing and also confusingly poetic, um, you know, passage. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, what are your thoughts on everything going on here? Yeah, it's, it is interesting. I mean, it's very much like a defense in a sense of like his behavior, um, you know, what they chose to do. Uh, and so like, like in chapter two, verse one, for I made up my mind not to make another painful visit to you. And so but like it, it's it's really helpful because it's not just a I don't know we sometimes talk about defense like as a negative thing like defensiveness that's like for the sake of self but Paul's little letter here is oozing with uh, for the sake of them um, he's everything that they that he did and his reasons for doing it whether it was to write them a letter like kind of to your point of like uh, you know uh, confrontation and love and things like that. Everything that he was trying to do was for their joy, uh, for their that they would know the abundant love that Paul has for them, and like mm-hmm. that is that is a very theological thing that like the Holy Spirit makes real in our life. Like mm-hmm. he should have love for God's children. Mm-hmm. Who is he to not love God's children? Like you know, and so he he wants all of that to to be known to them, and so he is he is acting in a way that that communicates that and, and trying to help them see that too. And so I think that that's, that is really interesting because like, I mean, most of our actions very much can typically be towards like pointing out other people's wrongs and making them stay in guilt and shame and defending the way we did things. Cause it was what we wanted to do, but all of his motive here, I mean, he's belaboring that it was for their love and for their joy and so I don't know. I think that's kind of a good challenge in terms of like when we're confront when we're confronting people about things. Uh, you know, is everything that you're doing like for their joy and so that they know that you love them? Um, mm-hmm. Which can be a hard like hard words come mm-hmm. when you do that kind of stuff as well. It's not just like being all nice and everything. But I don't know. I think we should labor to to make sure people know we love them mm-hmm. um, in confrontation. And I know that's like you know sort of a minor thing that we're like applying from here, but it's nonetheless happening. Uh, yep. Real human relationships are detailed in the Bible. Absolutely. Um, and so I think we ought to take note of that mm-hmm. because it, it matters to God. Yeah. Know? I love First and Second Corinthians as models of dealing with unhealth and even division within the church mm-hmm. at large. You know, um, I'm a worship guy and I feel like just all the time um, I'm either having a conversation or um, 
you know, someone sending me a podcast or a YouTube video of like, look what these like crazy, you know, Christians at such and such church are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, can you believe this? Or what do you, you know, what are the thoughts? And that is such a, like, uh, I think there's a healthy room. They're, they're not, I think there is healthy space for accountability in other Christian circles and everything. Mm-hmm. But my question is always like, are we pursuing the health and well-being of these believers mm-hmm. or are we just like mad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, do we just want uh, them to say that we're right? And, you know, I think Paul here, I love verse 12. Our boast is this, the, te- the testimony of our conscience. And so we see this confidence in his conscience. Now the conscience, Lou talks about this a lot. It's a slippery thing because uh, it's something that has to be sanctified. So um, following your conscience can be dangerous, but um, when washed by the Holy Spirit and in accordance with God's word, uh, our conscience is something that God uses in guiding our steps. And so Paul is boasting in the testimony of our conscience that we behaved in the world with simplicity. It's an interesting word, and it can also you know, kind of mean generosity, genuineness. And so there, there's this like profound simplicity and then godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God and supremely so toward you. And just a word on like the simplicity thing that I think is interesting. Like later on, you know, he goes back, like we were not yes and no. Mm-hmm. Like we were, we were of one mind. Yeah. Yes in Jesus. Yeah. And so, like, I think that gets at like that simplicity Dude, idea Matthew too. Matthew five, like your yes, BS. Yeah, totally. It's like, there's only like simplicity is not wavering back and forth. It's like there's a oneness to it, a simplest, a simplicity to it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so there's this, you know, back to sort of that that train of thought. We can take on this like theological watchdog uh, disposition, where we're supremely concerned about who's right, who's wrong, how wrong are the wrong people. And, you know, the the Christian blogosphere, the podcast sphere is kind of filled up with just like indictments and, and tribalism. And I think just the key differentiating factor um, between what is just like division mongering and fear mongering and what is of God is I wrote to you, verse four of chapter two, I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of my heart with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. Mm -hmm. So mature Christians don't, they don't back away from correction. They don't, you know, fear objectivity Mm -hmm. and objective truth, but it's never this angry watchdog, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's this sad, Mm-hmm. and heavy-hearted father mm-hmm. or brother mm-hmm. or sister or mother type mentality that guides us that that you know bears these signs of simplicity of genuineness of the grace of God supreme supremely towards these people in error mm-hmm. so I, I think that as we read these words in Corinthians it's important to see how Paul you know he's being very bold and ambitious in at times in his correction of the church but it is never without love and it is never 
um, driven by anything but utmost concern for the health and mm-hmm. joy of the people he's addressing. You know, it's kind of interesting talking about like health and that has become like a great like word that we use in like Christian talking. Yeah. <laughs> like um, Christian talk. But uh, health, I mean, obviously it's like a very medical yeah. idea. Yeah. And, you know, this, when he says like not to cause you pain, it just reminded me of like one of the most basic fundamental rules of medicine is like do no harm mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know you you wield great power uh, yeah. to like assess somebody diagnose somebody and like tell them how they can get better and it's like step one like don't do anything else that's going to actually make them worse <laughs> do no harm uh and, and so i kind of like how he's saying like I'm, I'm not doing this to cause you pain i'm trying not to cause you pain and so that's a good word for us like don't cause pain mm-hmm. um labor not to cause pain like that's not what we're trying to do yeah. Uh, the truth can hurt, but like, let the truth hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, this is, uh, it, it's, it's an important part of the puzzle today. Um, you know, not, well, okay. Actually, before I wrap it up, I do want to, um, cause I feel like we'd be doing a great disservice to not point out, um, this, you know, we, we sing the song sometimes. Yes. And amen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which if I have, I love that song, but I've always thought like, if you've not read second Corinthians one, then this song is probably so confusing. All your promises are yes and amen. What does it mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, that is, that is referencing this passage, um, verse, uh, 18, I believe. Um, no, sorry. 19 son of God, Jesus Christ, who, whom we proclaimed among you was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. All the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. So Jerry, what do you, what do you make of um, this, this yes and amen sort of terminology that he's using to describe God's promises? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's interesting that he's saying like, like verse 17, was I vacillating when I wanted to do this? Do I make my plans according to the flesh? Um, mm-hmm. And then he says, as surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaim to you, was not yes and no, but in him it was always yes. And so he's trying to like talk about their faithfulness. Mm. We've been faithful to you. Mm. What is the grounds of his faithfulness? What's like the way to like understand his faithfulness? He's like, look, we are we are we are kind of coming to you on behalf of God mm-hmm. and and we're being faithful as surely as God is faithful Dude. to keep all of his promises. And and how sure is God's faithfulness? Well, think of every single promise that he's ever made and how all of those were fulfilled in Jesus. His promise to crush the head of the serpent, to make a great nation out of a barren family yeah. and bring that blessing to all peoples all over the world to forgive Absolutely. their sins Absolutely. and to redeem and defeat uh, dead people mm-hmm. uh, to defeat death and to redeem the dead and to raise the dead and and the promise of restoration all of those things will happen so as surely as God is faithful we were trying to be faithful to absolutely vacillating so. is a great word you know it means to basically uh, quickly waver back and forth to like flip opinions or whatever mm-hmm. and I think you're dead on God's promises do not waver based off of anything. And I think that sounds like elementary and maybe like a given, but think about the implications of that, Mm -hmm. that his promises are unconditional Mm -hmm. in Jesus. 
and that the spirit is the guarantee, as he says in verse 22, Mm -hmm. that, you know, if, if you go off and make a fool of yourself today and sin, the Lord will correct you. And, you know, you might uh, bear consequences for your wrong, but the promises of God are none the weaker towards you because Mm -hmm. they find their yes in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so you can say, amen to Mm -hmm. God's glory. Mm -hmm. It's a great word to close on um, that we can just go forward today knowing that um, just as Paul did not vacillate, Mm -hmm. (laughs) neither do the promises of God, Mm -hmm. that they're yes in Jesus. So for Jeremy Brooks, this is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.